When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Sporting Goss with Tim Gossage. Ah, thanks for your company on this Wednesday. Currently 10.6 degrees where I'm seated. It's... Well, 25, got it up to 25 in the studio. <laughs> no, nah, no, I'm not even, I'm not feeling a short sleeve shirt on. Hope you're having a good one. Whatever you're doing, beautiful blue sky out there, wherever you're listening to us, SEN Sprint 621. Hello to Nay, my beautiful Nay Pierce, who's not feeling all that flash at the moment. So Nay, our thoughts are with you. Hope you feel better very soon. Don't forget, we'll be down for Gillian Goss Friday morning doing our show from Bunbury Town, the old hood. Down there, looking forward to uh, Gilly going down there and showing him the sights. The great Adam Gilchrist for Gillian Goss between six and eight. And hello to everyone listening on SEN Spirit 621 in the southwest. Wonderful audience down there, and I've really uh, taken to SEN and our new format. And we get a lot of great feedback on our socials, and also a lot of great feedback here in the studio on zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. If you are listening on SEN Spirit 621, love to hear from you this morning. Let us know where you're listening. I'd love to see some old names pop up on the uh, the tweet line, zero four eight seven text line zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. You know the number zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. Let us know where you are listening to us. If you're listening on SEN Spirit six twenty one zero four eight seven seven three six. 736, the Sporting Goss, and I'll send you a bit of a cheerio. Let me know what you're doing and where you're doing it down there in the southwest if you are listening on Spirit. Big show coming up each and every day, of course. Very local, very WA. That's our focus. Sean Marsh has gone back to training for the Wacker down there, the legendary WA batsman, Australian batsman, father of a couple. Sean Marsh will be joining us. William Pike, early start to the races, so we're going to get Willie on He's got uh, eight rides across the road at Belmont Park. First race goes in about an hour and a bit. Okay, so we're going to get Willie on early before he has his first ride. I think he's on race one, number one. And we're going to put him under the... Yes, he's up there, Mr. Ed. What we will be doing is instead of going into long, laborious racing chat, I'm going to put the great man, the Wizard of the West, the best jockey in Australia, under the pump... I'm going to basically say, in your eight rides, he can only say win, place, each way, or next start. So so we can dissect the best of the eight rides that William Pike has today at Belmont. So all I'm going to ask him is, there's your horse, win, place, each way, that's have a bet each way, and or maybe not this time, Next start. William Pike will join us in the next half hour. Georgie Parker for her regular spot. Lots of waffle footy. We're chatting with Hamish Brayshaw. He'll join me in the studio. The West Coast Eagles waffle captain, fresh from captaining the win of the decade, of course, beating Subiaco. Jonathan Marsh joins us from East Fremantle because those two teams clash 
full round of five waffle fixtures on Saturday. How good is that? Five waffle games Saturday afternoon. Let's hope the weather stays fine. And Will Magne, hopefully we'll have a quick chat with Will. He'll be packing his bags and getting on a plane and heading across to Melbourne for Game 3. And news out of Melbourne, it's great news too. The uh, fill-in Premier, the acting Premier, James Molino, announcing uh, the announcement that there'll be, I think, crowds. uh, There'll be 5,000 at the basketball at John Kane Arena for Game 3, which is fantastic for basketball. Well done to everyone for their patience over there in Victoria. 15,000 for the A-League Grand Final and increased crowds too. Also for the games being played um, in the AFL, which is absolutely fantastic. Brad, listening on the app in Geraldton. Hello, Brad. Good on you, mate. Keep up the great work, he says. Yes, thank you, Brad. And hello to everyone up there in Gero. Keep them coming. Let us know where you're listening. So there is Brad in Geraldton who's listening on the SENWA app. Good on you, Brad. Appreciate your support. 0487 736 736. Text away if you are listening on the app and or on SEN Spirit 621. A lot of focus on the injuries of both the West Coast Eagles and also the Fremantle Dockers. Justin Longmuir has just spoken to the media. We'll be chatting, hearing from him a little later in the show. But Peter Bell is, of course, head of football at Fremantle. And he provided us with an injury update, courtesy of the Fremantle Dockers website. Here he is, Peter Bell. Belly, how's that fife going with his shoulder? And that's going really well. So he'll train... Uh, main training on Wednesday and he's progressing really well got some really good range good strength so we'll just see how he goes on Wednesday with some uh, contact as well but things are quite promising at the moment like Nat, Matt Tavern as a test to play against Collingwood, has he? Yeah, it's really frustrating for Matt. Uh, he, he was really close to playing uh, a couple of weeks ago, but then with, with the bye, we decided we'd go really conservative and uh, had a really good session on Saturday. Uh, he'll train fully on Wednesday, and uh, we think that he should be available this week. And, and Griffin Logue's had that extra week to recover from a concussion? Yeah, that was fortuitous. We are able to give him a bit of extra time to get through the concussion protocols. Uh, did a bit of contact work today, so he'll keep progressing. But, um, yeah, he should be good to go. And Sam Sukowski's a chance to return to football? Yeah, Sam's really um, zipping about at training. Um, had that hamstring from a couple of weeks ago. Another one who's benefited from the bye, so we think he'll be available as well. Hayden Young had that long-term hamstring injury. He's getting close. Yeah, Hayden's been really diligent, as you'd expect, um, in reconditioning that hamstring tendon uh, from the surgery. I'm really pleased that uh, probably just a couple of weeks away before Hayden can start getting some football minutes. So that's really exciting. And we've got a timeline on Ethan Hughes in his shoulder. Yeah, Ethan um, uh, had that injury in the derby, um, and that's also been one that has been slow, but he's getting good strength back, um, doing a little bit of contact as well, and he'll start some football drills and shouldn't be too far away, maybe two or three weeks. Peter Bell, head of football down at Fremantle, having his say in regards to the fitness setup down there with a number of players. Justin Longmuir has finished his press conference. We'll hear from Justin a little later in the show. And just in from uh, Drew Jones on Fox, Vic Health announced 85% capacity at outdoor stadiums from July 1. There'll be at least five games in Victoria round 16. So it's a little bit of normality coming back. And hearing Tom Harley in the news at the top of the hour from the Sydney Swans, one would suggest that Sydney won't be coming back, going back to Sydney. I and mean, they got they got out yesterday with GWS because of what's taking place to the COVID clusters over there in Sydney. And West Coast won't be going to Sydney. And if you were Sydney, 
You would be wanting your game not played in Melbourne, although you probably want to honour your, your blood supporters. But financially, if the Sydney Swans want to make good coin in a COVID-affected year, have the game in Perth here at Optus and make big money. And they and they play well here. And Buddy has played well here in the past. Yeah, very much, very much so. Cash it up, Sydney. Come across, instead of playing a game in Melbourne, where you're going to get beat by West Coast anyway, so you might as well come and make some money. Play it here in Perth at Optus Stadium. More on that, I'm sure, still to come. Craig Vozzo. Okay, so we heard the Peter Bell. See, see Alex is the, the, the fingers, right? Wonderful, wonderful button man. Uh, very good. So give me the Peter Bell if you can, please. Okay. So we mentioned Peter Bell. So we get the cowbell. Radio. Craig Vozzo is going to join us in the West Coast Eagles. What do you got for me, mate? What's Vozzo got for you? Yeah. <laughs> Here he is, the head of football, talking about the injury update. Courtesy of the West Coast Eagles website, Craig Vozzo. Yeah, we had a good week at Waffle uh, last week, both in terms of result and also the guys all coming back from injury, getting through unscathed. So Luke obviously headlined that, um, did a really good job, got through 75-odd minutes, and he's available this week, as is uh, Brendan Archie, um, Alex Witherden, uh, and Jared Brander all, all got through that game coming off injuries um, really well. Yeah, so we've got a whole group of guys that um, will be available this week, assuming they all get through main training. So we've gotten through the vast recovery periods for each of them and, and rehab, uh, and they're ready to go. So uh, good news re- regarding Gov, Brad Shepherd, Tim Kelly and Jack Petricelli. All they need to do now, touch wood, is sign off on uh, Thursday at main training and uh, a match committee will have a, a few headaches in picking the team, hopefully. Well, we uh, we were worried about Connor uh, in terms of, of it being a, a potentially a longer-term injury, but we had good news on scan. Um, it's more of a plain vanilla-type ankle sprain, plenty of swelling and, and, and the normal-type stuff with, with an ankle sprain, but we're expecting it to be up to a two-week injury and possibly shorter. Will's going well. Will uh, Collins uh, had a hamstring, just a slight hamstring strain after his first game for us a couple of weeks ago against Claremont. He's recovered well from that, and uh, if he gets through main training... He'll be available to play on the weekend. Isaiah Winder, it's been a long haul, but uh, he's now basically into main training. And uh, he, if he gets, I think it's another week, possibly two, uh, he'll be available to, to play. So I'm hoping it'll be uh, AFL 16 uh, and at worst AFL 17. Ben Johnson, uh, we've taken a conservative approach. He had uh, a hamstring strain a couple of weeks back. Um, he's got one more week to go. Getting through this week has been good so far. One more week, uh, weekend off, and he'll be available in uh, uh, AFL 16. Efficient stuff there by Craig Vozzo from the West Coast Eagles, and we've already heard from Peter Bell. Still to come, Justin Longmuir will join us as well. And the news out of Fremantle the other day was great news. The young buck who's up forward, and I think he's got a huge future. He might just be that big, key, robust forward that Fremantle has been searching for. He's just a teenager. Josh Tracy has signed a contract extension. Here he is speaking about staying with the Purple in the next two years. Josh, got a bit of news for us? Yeah, um, sticking around for a few more years. Um, yeah, two more years in the Dockers colours. So, yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting. Obviously, good to have um, just a bit of security, I suppose, uh, with hanging around. So, it will be really good. Sort of coming in, yeah, kind of feel the pressure that you need to perform and need to be playing, but um, yeah, definitely to have that locked away, 
halfway through the season, uh, I was really good. You can just sort of settle now and um, obviously still get to work and keep working hard, but yeah, it's still good to have that. I think um, probably the best game I've ever played in to be a part of was the Sydney win. Um, you know, the fight back against a good opposition, um, the crowd was absolutely buzzing and uh, it was a great, great day to be a part of. Probably a little bit stand backish at the start, didn't want to get another boy's way and then, um, yeah, like I said last week, with tabs going out, I felt like there was a real need to, to step up and um, you know, take the opportunity with two hands and um, you know, really kind of establish myself in the team. You, know, you learn so much the first day you walk through the door um, and obviously still learning um, about a lot of things as well. So I think that will take a few years just to really get settled and um, can then move on to what I know and um, find out what really works for me. You know, the boys are our family and uh, it's really good. So loving every bit of it over here. It's a pretty special group, I feel, definitely. Um, and yeah, you know, things might be, might not click right now, um, you know, but I think definitely over the next few seasons that something will start to happen. Just a teenager, but speaks so eloquently. Well done, Josh Tracy. Well done, Fremantle signing a couple of years extension. He is going to be a player, there's no doubt. Let's hope he can stay sound because he is a big target. And isn't he strong and robust and speaks so nicely? Very unlike a big, robust forward. He's got a good mix, a nice blend. He is the future of Fremantle. Great stuff as well. We'll get a break away uh, and we'll go to the break. And we'll come back with Sean Marsh, of course, from Wacker, the uh, WA Cricket group and squad. Got back to training on Monday. Still to come, Willie Pike. Get your pen and paper ready. Don't forget, always gamble responsibly. He's got a massive book of rides across the road at Belmont. We played a bit of game with Willie this morning before he headed off to the track. That is also on the way. John O'Marsh, Hamish Brayshaw, Will Magnate from the Wildcats and Georgie Parker. This is Wednesday's edition at 16 past 10 of the Sporting Goss. Welcome back to Sporting Goss. Of course, flying solo, Gillian Goss on Friday morning between 6 and 8. And, of course, Gilly has the great man Pat Rafter in Friday Focus. But we are focusing on the Wacker. And Sean Marsh has been kind enough to join us as the boys have returned to pre-season training. Uh, Sauce, appreciate your time. Yeah, g'day, Goss. Uh, good to be on the show, mate. Mate, uh, and back at pre-season, when you're, you're nearing 38 years of age, do you are you champing at the bit to get into another season, or was, how does how does it how do you find yourself uh, rocking up to pre-season training? In where, where are we? The middle of June. Yeah, look, it's been good to get back and see all the the guys again. Um, we had a, a good few months off, and um, you know the boys have um, come back in good nick. So um, yeah, looking forward to another pre-season and. Um, yeah, getting stuck into it. What does pre-season entail for a cricketer? Tell us about the the format that you've been given by the the strength and conditioning crew and 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 uh, Vogi and and the crew. What, what what does it undertake from here on in? Um, yeah, I, I guess uh, for the first few weeks um, we sort of get eased in a little bit. Um, it, it's sort of based around. Um, a bit of running and, and, and some fielding and, and, and getting in the gym and, and getting our strength work, um, you know, in there. And then, I, um, you know, sort of moving into to skill work in July. So, yeah, for the first little bit, it, it's based around um, 
our physical side of stuff and getting us nice and fit and getting us a good base, and then we'll um, start hitting some balls um, in a few weeks' time. When you're in the off-season, is it a down-tools situation for you where you don't pick up a bat and don't really cast an eye on anything cricket? And, you know, obviously with Beck and the kids, uh, that would take up a lot of your yeah. time. So so do you really like to just walk away from it and concentrate on family time? Uh, yeah, I do, you know. The only bat I sort of pick up is Austin's bat in the backyard. But, um, <laughs> yeah. How's his form? How's his form like, going? Yeah, his, his form's good. He's a little lefty, so lefty. he's half the but, um, Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, look, I haven't... Um, picked up a bat, um, you know, since my last game um, at the end of last season. So it's been a nice break and to get away from my skill work and um, I guess just work on, um, um, you know, my sort of my fitness stuff over the last few months has been good and um, just spending time at home with the kids and helping back out, which has been, which has been great. But as I said, I'm looking forward to, to getting back into, uh, or getting stuck back into it now and, and having another crack. Gee, I'll tell you what, it was chaos, wasn't it, over at the IPL with uh, a lot of your teammates, a lot of your former Australian teammates and the like, uh, getting in, getting out, uh, with Hus getting COVID and stuff like that. It was a crazy time. Yeah. Were, you, were you keeping an eye on that and were you were you feeling for the boys? Did you contact any of them during that time? Yeah, look, I was certainly feeling for them. Um, you know, obviously, uh, I spoke to a few of the guys. Uh, Nathan Coults and I was over there and I was obviously good mates with the Coults and um, you know, he was giving me the rundown on, on, on a daily basis. So, um, yeah, it was really sad to see what was happening over there. But uh, thankfully, the guys got back and, um, you know, into Australia and, and, and got to spend some time at home. What about the changes to the, the, the list of, of Wacker players, uh, you know, whether, whether they be Shield or 50 over players? We won't talk about the Big Bash as per se because that's not part of your agenda with the Scorchers now. You're currently with the Renegades. But just talk about some of the new names or, or names that have been at the at the cricket, uh, at, the, at the Wacker, who have been there a little while, who we're going to, under, under the COVID, we probably didn't see enough of, who you're looking forward to playing with and a bit more of yeah. in, the, in, the, in the years ahead. Yeah, look, um, we've got some exciting new guys come into the group this year. Um, we've got young Cooper Connolly from Scarborough, who's um, 17 years old, and um, you know, he's a really exciting player. Uh, we've got Bryce Jackson from uh, from Melville, who's a who's a young quick, who's uh, we haven't seen a lot over the last few years. He's been um, injured a fair bit, but um, you know, he's got some real raw pace, which is really exciting. And and Jaden Goodwin, um, young son of um, Murray Goodwin, who's um, who was in the squad a few years ago, but um, took a few years off. But um, you know, he's back in the mix now, and um, you know, there's some really big raps on him. And um, you know, to have those three guys come into our squad is really exciting. Um, you know, I thought we had some really good performances last year. Or I thought we really grew as a, as a group and. Um, you know, hopefully uh, the guys that perform really well can take that next level um, next season and, and really um, help build us towards a, a Sheffield Shield title win. You've probably got, you know, you've got an experienced ex-captain, of course, uh, in Adam Voges, but then the, the, your leadership as well and your experience in all forms of the game. Do you enjoy the challenge of mentoring and, and helping out the, the next breed of WA cricketer? Because, I mean, you're, you know, you're in the twilight of your career and I'm, I have no doubt you could keep playing for a couple yeah. more years. But does that give you that renewed enthusiasm to have those young names that you mentioned around the group? Yeah, it definitely does, Goss. Um, you know, something that I'm really enjoying at the moment. And um, like I said, I, I really enjoyed that leadership role last year when, when Mitch and AT weren't um, in the team and, you know, sort of took that role as captain. Um, you know, I really enjoyed it. And to see some of the guys come through and start performing really well um, was really exciting. And um, 
as I said, we've got some really good young players coming through. Uh, you know, day one of pre-season um, last week, um, this week, you know, I was running laps with um, Cooper Connolly, who's who's still at school, and and it felt like <laughs> I was running around the ground with my son. So, um, uh, you know, that that really excites me to see these young kids come in, and and if I can help them out and become better cricketers, it's um, you know really exciting for me. When I was at school, it was a long time ago. Long time ago. When I was at school, I used to enjoy the new school year. You got new books, you got new pens, you got the you know the the new texters, the crayons, the whole lot. And you used to cover your books and get all excited. Do you do that in the cricket season, or do you start your season with other stuff? Do you start with your favourite bat, or do you go and get a whole lot of new stuff from your suppliers and your supporters? Yeah, I love my new bats, guys. Um, so everything sort of has to be new, apart from my pads. Um, you know, I haven't changed changed my pads for for a few years now, but um, there's no better feeling when you ring up um, Grey Nichols and um, you know I've got a great sponsorship there with Grey Nichols. They look after me very well, and um, you know the, the new bats that I get at the start of the season is, is it, it, honestly it's like Christmas still. So um, you know, I, yeah, as I said, I'm looking forward to um, you know getting those new sticks soon. Are they made for you? Is that weighted? Is that a is that a personal bat, or you just is it like me? If I go to a cricket shop, I just grab one off the shelf and just have to work around it. No, look, I'm I'm pretty picky on my bats. They, they have to be really light. And I get, the boys get stuck into me a fair bit, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's like like a um, toothpick, really. Um, <laughs> I think. Why so? I think I'm Let getting. Us know. Why, the, why older, is that? the older the older that I'm getting, the lighter the bats need to be. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, look, um, uh, yeah, we we get really good bats from Grey Nichols, mm. and um, yeah, yeah, as I said, I'm looking forward to um, to getting some new ones soon. So the choice of bat, which is yours, and you do go light, and then you have someone like a David Warner who is just all force, and it looks like he's got half a tree in his hand. Um, yeah. It, ha, is it the way? And I hate this a stupid question. Is it the way that you use it, but you still get the same result? I think everyone's just um, different. Everyone loves. Um, Everyone's different in terms of their bat, bats and how big they want it and um, what weight they are. And um, you know, I'm certainly one of the um, fewer guys that, that like the, the lighter bats. Most guys like them heavy. Um, you know, I'll go and pick up Mitch, um, my brother's bat, or, or Marcus Stoinis. Uh, they're both his grey nickels, and it honestly feels like I'm picking up a tree trunk. So um, <laughs> I guess everyone's different, and um, I guess that's the beauty of it, really. Uh, what's the what's the you need some silverware, don't we? Down at the Wacker, we need some silverware. It's all right yep. to get there. You actually need to start winning something. Yeah, yeah, we do. You know, look, obviously, we've been really good one-day cricket over the last couple of years. Yep. Um, you know, we had a great opportunity um, last year to, to play in the Shield final. We we sort of fell over in the last game, which was really disappointing. And um, you know, there's no um, secret behind it that we haven't won a Shield for a long time. Um, so yeah, there's no doubt that. Um, uh, we um, we're striving for that um, this year, and um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, what we saw last year was some of the young guys coming through and performing really well. Um, you know, they can take their game to a new new level next uh, next season, and, and we can uh, finally uh, achieve something that we you know we're, that we all want to achieve. Yeah, and, and and you can play big bash, and you can play fifty overs, but shield when you when you when you. All said and done, it's like winning a, a test series, an Ashes series. If you're a cricketer, it's the white, it's the white format of cricket, the whites and the creams, and and playing Shield cricket. There, you look on the honour board and go, I was a part of a Sheffield Shield winning team, and that's sort of what you strive for the most. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, as a domestic cricketer, um, winning a shield is is a pinnacle, and um, you know we've, we've got a picture um, of the last um, winning shield members in our gym, and um, you know you, you glance at that all the time and, and hope to you know that's you um, one day. So um, it's certainly a driving factor for me. Um, I'm no doubt it's a driving factor for everyone down here, uh, whether it's players, coaches, administration. Um, you know that's that's the one we want. No doubt. Uh, and just really, really briefly, uh, Melbourne Renegades, you're going around there again. New coach there. You look excited about that uh, sort of twist in the tail of, of Big Bash cricket? Yeah, yeah. obviously, um, new coach. Um, you know, we had Maxie Klinger for the last few years, and obviously I'm really close to Maxie, so I was sad to see him go. But um, obviously David Taker takes over from him, and you know, I've got a, a close relationship with David, and um, yeah, looking forward to to getting back over there um, over the Christmas period and, and hopefully we, we can settle in and be based in Melbourne. And, um, you know, it's a great time of the year. Appreciate your time today. All the very best in the pre-season. How are the kids going? How's the newcomer? Yeah, the kids are good, Goss. Um, yeah, little Teddy's flying. Yeah. Um, you know, he's sleeping well, which is the main thing. So, um, yeah, it's all good on the home front, mate. Uh, good on you, mate. Yeah, absolutely beautiful, beautiful, beautiful family. Good on you, mate. Appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us on Sporting Goss. And we'll chat again soon, I'm sure, before the season actually gets underway. Enjoy pre-season. Thanks, Goss. Appreciate it, mate. He's a good man, Sean Marsh on the Sporting Goss. And he is a bona fide star and he's got to love the, the Marsh name. And you don't forget about the forgotten Marsh. Mel Marsh is one of my favourites as well. This is the Sporting Goss. Welcome back to the Sporting Goss. It's an early chat with our racing identity today. And just a reminder, everyone who has come on this show over the last 12 weeks from racing, either a trotting driver, trainer, racehorse owner, trainer, jockey, whatever it may be, has ridden a winner at least or trained a winner at least. And this man, who was one of our very first guests on the Sporting Goss, has butted up once again. It's good to have him on board. Ahead of a very busy day at Belmont, William Pike joins us. Pikey, a very brisk start. I came past the track this morning before coming to work and there is a little frosty haze over the top of the 400-metre mark around the home turn. Yeah, she's uh, quite fresh mornings at the moment, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but uh, hopefully it'll clear up and be a nice nice day, actually, but definitely hard to get going in the morning. It certainly is blue sky, but it will be a little chilly. All righty, let's get into it and make sure you can warm things up. Before we get on to today's uh, program, let's talk about Rockhampton. Of course, that's all going ahead. You're not too far away from heading across to the far north Queensland. That's going to be a fun time for you. Yeah, that's right. It'll be good. I'll, I'll fly out on the 5th and I'll, I'll ride on the Friday, Saturday, Rockhampton Cup. So uh, really looking forward to it. And uh, I'm, I dare say the weather might be a little warmer up there too. <laughs> yeah, very much so. You are the Carnival Ambassador. And of course, you've got the Newmarket meeting there, the Cup meeting. And you'll also be the guest at their Calcutta luncheon. So I know everyone over there in uh, the RJC is very keen to, to get you up there. What do you know about Rockhampton Racetrack? No, not a lot. Obviously, only what I've seen on the TV. And um, you know, I had a quick Google of it and uh, <laughs> reckoned it's the longest straight in Australia. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a lot, of, lot, of, lot of pushing involved, I guess. We're going to have to ride them pretty hard for a long way. Yes. I think patience is the key for uh, people who ride and have a bet on at Rockhampton. Okay, let's get our attention. It's a very early start. In fact, 11.24 this morning is race one on the program at Belmont on a very busy program. And as they say, race one, number one, seems to be the, the, the method to a lot of people. What we're going to do today, Willie, we're not going to get you to have to dissect all your rides. Otherwise, we'll be here all day. We're going to basically ask you a question. One, can this horse win, place, each way, or next start? So there are your four methods. Win, 
place, each way, or next start. You happy with that? Right, yeah. All righty. Yeah, no, no problem. Okay, so, okay. Race one, number one for Chris Mack, Canny Jack. Yeah, I think he can run a place. I like his first run, so we'll, we'll back him in on that. Race two, you don't have a ride, so you can have a bit of a sleep in there. Race three on the program, you are on Celebrity Man for the powerful Grant and Alana Williams stable. Win, place, each way, or next start? Yeah, he can He can definitely. He's a very good chance. He, he, he can win. Robert Harvey's about to hang up the uh, training uh, uh, contract. He's about to head into wonderful, well-deserved retirement. You are legged aboard Comanche Chant in the next race, which, of course, is race four. Win, place, each way, or next start? Um, I think he might be a next start. I don't know a lot about him, and his first run was, uh, you know, run fifth or fifth, so uh, next start. All right, next up there. Real Charisma, a horse you know well for Grant and Alana Williams, uh, goes around in race five on the program. Yeah, uh, good chance, good barrier, so can we? Oh, there's another winner. So we've got two so far of some degree <laughs> of confidence. <laughs> Perfect gem, again, for the same camp. Obviously, the powerful, that powerful stable and connections. Yeah, in good, good form. Uh, can definite place chance. All right, place chance there. Come a little bit closer. You picked up the ride here for Lulu Chiani, race seven. Yeah, um, yep. He's a he's another good place chance. Oh. I think he's run a lot of seconds in his life so far, so I reckon he can add to that. All righty, uh, you're on a board that you uh, horse uh, G Force, which you have ridden to success at Northam, of course. Uh, was somewhat disappointing last start at Pinjarra. Is there some improvement there, and what should punters be doing? Race eight. Um, look, I'd, I'd say confident of a place. Confident. Um, yeah, right. that's it. All righty. <laughs> I know. I can hear you're busting to elaborate more, so I'm putting you under the pump. But you're doing a well. Good... It, it, yeah, it definitely puts you on the spot. You're kind of like, oh, <laughs> if, someone, if someone's uh, thinking otherwise, it's hard to hard to give them my thoughts why. But that's all right. All right, good, good. man. I appreciate it. Uh, well, here's one. Here's one for you. So, if we're we're heading for a hat trick of wins, race nine, Ella Fella, of course, um, for Lindsay Smith. I can win. Yes. <laughs> But uh, probably a very open race. It's more open race than a few of the earlier ones, so can win. All righty. So there it is there. So judging by that, and you don't have a ride in the last, to my knowledge. In, uh, so judging by that, confident about three. That's a fair day at the office for you. Yeah, if, um, you know, if, we'll see if I'm any good as a judge anyway, <laughs> won't we? Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I think I've got, I've got a good book of rides. I, I should be in the money all day. Which ones, which ones will or can win? I suppose will matter on how I ride them, and yeah, it's always always tricky in these midweek meetings. I actually find them a bit trickier than the Saturdays at times. So yeah, fingers crossed I can have a day out. When you talk about being tricky, is it just because of the the, the standard of horses, or um, how many horses are in these fields, and sort of it's just an even spread of form? You just give our listeners a. Uh, a bit of a dissection there in regards to why you find it a little bit tricky. Not harder. I wouldn't say harder is the word. It's just trickier to to have the exposed form, yeah? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, the, A lot of the form lines leading to this are uh, very mixed form lines, so it's hard to know who's going to be where. Like, if you actually go through your form, it's not uncommon for a horse to have led, sat back, and, and sat midfield in its last three starts. So, And that, that'll go for the entire field. So it's a bit trickier to do your form because... 
a lot of these horses are, str- are searching for their best form. Mm. So they're, they're trying everything they can. And look, sometimes you just don't know where you're going to be. Or And added on top of that, I think the rail's, the rail's out as far as it can go today. So, yeah, just it makes things a bit, bit cramped out there. And add in a few... Um, so the rail's right out. You're needing a lot of luck on the bend, and there's a lot of horses that are already spent come the bend. So it's uh, it's hard to get through, and it's and it's hard to get around. So that really makes it yeah it makes it tricky for them, especially especially some of those horses that really need that 11 out of 10 ride, cut corners, or need a perfect track up because there's not a lot going on out there. It makes it hard for those horses that just need everything to go right. It, it's hard for them to for everything to go right because there's not a lot happening out there at times. Yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying there. So um, you really need to be on top of your game. But, well, if one man can be, that will be you. Uh, you uh, we'll get to – I'll do a quick glossary of Pinjarra in a, in a moment. But you do have lead, you do ride leading girl in the Strickland on Saturday, been engaged there. Um, chances in the feature for uh, for Belmont on Saturday? Yeah, she should be a very good chance. Um, I, I sort of – got too far back from a tricky gate the other day and, and she worked to the line well. So, um, yeah, she'll be a very good chance. Big day tomorrow, Pinjarra. You like Pinjarra? Have you, what's the state of the track down at Pinjarra with the, the new look of it? And uh, have they reopened that? Have we, are we going to the whatever? Yeah, we've, we've been on – we have been on the, the scarp side track, but um, uh, I think it, it's already gone under oh, – I don't know what they call it. They, they cut the grass back and they've already sort of – Started renovating it and getting it ready, um, ready for its next assignment. Yeah, okay. So the scarp side—that's what I was looking for. I'm sure that if you're coming to the last, well, according to the shack on points bet, back pike in the last. <laughs> have, have you seen the promo? Have you seen the ad? And do you like it? I mean, being mentioned by the great Sha- Shaquille O'Neal must be something you must be pretty chuffed about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how could you not? If uh, someone like him even says your name, how, like. You don't expect that. You don't ever expect that. I remember collecting basketball cards as a kid, and of course Shaquille O'Neal, Michael Jordan. They were they were always the ones. I haven't kept up with it these days. There's probably others that have overtaken them, but uh, definitely back in the back in the day, Shaquille O'Neal, Michael Jordan. I still remember trading them cards with my friends at school. <laughs> Very cool. Well, if you have a Ben Simmons card right now, you wouldn't be wanting it because he's uh, unfortunately under enormous pressure, the young man, of course. But anyway, if that's be the case, you could be uh, – could be if it's a lean day coming into the last, take Shaquille O'Neal's advice and William Pike's form and Apple Schnapps might be your best of the lot in the last race at Pinjarra. Mate, really appreciate your time. I know I put you under the pump there with the win uh, place each way and next up, but uh, it just saves you the angst of having to go through through ride by ride and just I know in your head you probably know exactly what you're doing and would have been kind enough to share it but we uh, took, tried to take the pressure off but I'm not too sure that succeeded so uh, all the very best no today. not really but no that was good <laughs> I actually enjoyed it it was good um, yeah uh, we had to keep keep the chat to a minimum and, and get to the point and <laughs> hopefully I'm right and that means I'll walk away with at least three winners so. oh well we'll be dinging the bell tomorrow on the show we'll be replaying uh, win lose or draw mate hey good on you good chat we might do it again soon I'll give you a bit more of a heads up about it not a problem. Thanks, mate. Good on you, mate. There's William Pye. He's the best in the business. And there it is there. So without declaring things today, he's going to have, you know he's going to have three or five winners somewhere in between. He's a great rider, isn't he? And he's a great, great focus and headline for our WA Racing. And he's heading up to Rockhampton in early next month. We appreciate his time on the show. First race goes just after 11 o'clock. This is the Sporting Goss.
the dulcet tones of Home and Away. Let's go to Georgie Parker, a regular segment on Sporting Goss on a Wednesday. Georgie, appreciate your time. Good morning. <laughs> Hilarious. I've never heard that one, Goss. <laughs> well, no, no. The reason why I'm playing it, the game on Thursday has been mm-hmm. pushed back two minutes to 7.32 because they have to get home and away in on Thursday night on Channel 7. shocking. <laughs> well, priority. Priorities. That's know. so funny. I know. That's well, it's very funny. But anyway, there is a big audience out there and not everyone cares about Geelong taking on Brisbane. Hey, look, massive news today, Georgie, and you being... Well, a South Australian who lives part-time in Western Australia and married uh, to a West Australian, but you live Victoria, that's where your work is, and you work with SEN on WA from Melbourne and that whole crazy combination, bit of everything. Um, Great news this morning about the crowds going back to, well, first of all, the basketball, the A-League and AFL footy for round 16. Fantastic. Yeah. It's great news, especially for the basketball and A-League. It is their finals, of course, and it gets overshadowed a lot, clearly, by the the footy over here, especially in Victoria. But huge for the NBL to be able to get a crowd there um, for one of their final series and for the A-League in their final. So 15,000, I think, for the A-League, 50% capacity for the NBL and 25,000 for for the AFL. So that's great. So I'll be there watching the Crows um, play Carlton. Um, ah. In a nothing match, really, on Sunday at Marvel. Oh, so I'm very excited. Don't know about excited. that. Don't know about no. that. Parker. Well, I think that if Crows win that, yes, Teague, as much as I don't, as much as I don't think he should be under fire. He's only been there for two years. Mm. Um, I think he'll be under in a bit of strife if the Crows beat them. And you know what? The Crows are a chance. The Crows are a chance. So we'll see how that goes. I'll be there being obnoxious as always in my Crows stuff. <laughs> Do you cheer? Are you a cheerer? Uh, no, no, no. I used to be. Uh, do you know what? Do you know what? As a kid, at what age do you stop going to the footy with a with a flag? Because I used to have multiple flag? flags, and I used to wave a flag as a kid. And now I don't. And do you know what? I miss it. I miss those times. <laughs> I feel Melbourne... like, I think the flag is dead in general. I don't think anyone waves a flag anymore. Yeah, I don't know. There's a few out there. <laughs> now, there's a few flag wavers. <laughs> May I say this? When I lived in Melbourne town, when I've gone across there for the footy, and I lived there for several years and used to travel every year for AFL finals and the like, um, mm-hmm. the old scarf out the window leaving the ground, only the winning yeah. team would have the tradition is only yep. the winners had the scarf out, and if and if you'd recorded a game elsewhere and you saw a car coming, you didn't want to know what the scarf was because you wanted to go home and watch the game. Yeah. Back in the day, the turn the TV off now if you do not want to see the results. Yeah. If you don't so, want to know the score, you know look away now. Exactly. Yeah, it is so hard to get to not see the score anymore. It's so difficult. Mm. It's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, I ruined it for my friend the other day. I said, oh, did you just see that talk from Toby Green? He's a GBOS. GWS fan. I'm like, oh my God, such a good game or whatever. He's like, well, I was planning on watching this later. I think you need to let people know at the start of a conversation that you don't want to be told the score because you just assume that you want to be talking about it. And I Very didn't ruin the entire game for Very true. By mind you, I, when I was working in, in television, and you do still get a bit of, on radio, you get a lot of people, oh, you gave me the score of the, oh, I still haven't watched it. That's our job, mate. We're a sports service. <laughs> Exactly. And I think it's so, you know, 15 years ago, it was easy to, to not look at the score. But Correct. Um, 
yeah, you just turn around away from the TV while they play some fun music. They never spoke it. Um, no, exactly right. Hey, we're, we're exactly right. Hey, we're pressed for time, but I want to play this. Andrew Bogut speaking about the boomers uh, and, and Ben Simmons. Have a listen. He spoke on Fox. You know, look, you give up your off-season. You're going to miss time that you could be spending with family on a beach, having a few beers that we all want to do at times. And if you want to do that, by all means. But um, it's a big commitment to play for your national team. And I just don't think it's something that um, you need to be wooed to do. Yeah, so the Andrew Bogut basically saying, if Ben Simmons doesn't want to play, don't play, but we're not going to fall over yeah. ourselves to have you play. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think you've got to really look at it from Ben Simmons's lens. Firstly, he's it's, he's thinking about long-term for him. It's He doesn't play basketball to play for us. Do you know what I mean? He plays for himself, and if he's thinking that he needs to worry about his NBA career playing um, over there, which plays under different rules, which a lot of people don't think, don't even know that the NBA has different size dimensions on how they play. They have different rules in terms of um, the three-second man in the key, things like that. So it's a very different game, and he needs to be working on that for his contract down the down the line. Um, but the the things that are getting said online, you can be disappointed that he's not going to be playing for Australia because that's what, especially when there is such a good chance for us to medal, you can be disappointed. But that disappointment has very quickly turned to anger and hate and vitriol towards him, which I don't think is warranted because we need to adjust how we feel about, about him. He doesn't play for us. He plays for himself. And at the moment, he thinks his best thing to do is to work on his shot by himself rather than playing a pretty brutal, pretty rough game style of game, which international rules is a little bit rougher than it is in NBA. Um, so I think he just needs to look after himself. And as disappointed as you can be, I think you just need to then go, all right, cool, and wipe their hands of it like the, like the team have, um, and they can go on from there. We've got other players who want to play for us. Look at Paddy Mills. He says green and gold all the way through. So we've got players that will do it for us, and I don't think we need to worry too much about him. Spoken like an Olympian. Appreciate your time. Got to go. News <laughs> is pressing. Thanks thanks for doing yeah, it. Mate. And we'll Bye. chat to you on Monday. Gillian Goss, there it yep. is. Georgie yep. Parker, Can't love wait. it on our show. She's a gun. News is on the way after the break. Stay with us. Plenty more to come after 11 o'clock. We are talking, of course, a lot of footy. And Will Magnay from the Perth Wildcats. This is the Sporting Goss. It's time like this. Second hour of the show, not too far away. We're going to be chatting waffle footy with Jonathan Marsh from East Fremantle. He's informed. So, too, the Sharks. They take on the West Coast Eagles waffle. Five waffle games on Saturday. How good is that for traditional grassroots footy? And Will Magnay. We'll catch him as he gets about to get on the bird. Get across to Melbourne for game three. 5,000 fans at John Kane Arena. Come on, Wildcats. They've dug deep so far, despite the fact they had two losses here. Can they produce the goods? And don't forget, get in touch with us anytime you like. This is Wednesday's Sporting Goss. It's time like this. Welcome back to Sporting Goss. Of course, we do focus on the WAFL on Sporting Goss. We spoke to Chris Marston about Perth's average performance against East Fremantle. Well, let's talk to one of the winning team, and that is, of course, John Marsh, Jonathan Marsh, who was a star with five goals in their 26-point win against the Demons on the weekend. Hello, Superboot. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Found a bit of form in front of the big sticks, big fella. I did, yeah. I've had a... Uh a couple quieter games, so it was nice to, you know, get some multiple goals, and I think like I said on the day, our ball movement was a bit quicker, and um, a couple more handball receivers off half-back, which certainly opened up the, you know, the Ford 50 for for Fords like myself, which was lovely. East Fremantle, they, they say, have been looking for a reliable goal kicker for some time, and a big target up Ford. How long has this been in the making? 
Uh, well, we haven't really, you know, since I was I was last year, we had a couple, you know, good key forwards, and they just seem to be injury prone. And and even this year, we've we've got Dylan O'Reilly and Hugh Dixon waiting in the wings now, who are injured. Who, you know, I, I would single-handedly say that they're, they're more talented than I. So I think we've we've certainly got the, the stock in that area. It's just managing to get everyone on the park, and and so far it's it's just me right now because I'm the only one, you know, probably healthy. So. Like on the weekend, we went with probably you know two big four smalls type setup in the four line, and it seemed to work with our pressure and and, and work rate. So I think the rest of the season, I'm not too sure when the other big boys will be back, but certainly um, we'll continue probably with that two and four and, and see where it takes us. You're talking about the run and carry and quick ball movement, which every club likes and have deep uh, inside 50 entries. Blaine Bokehurst has a lot to do with that, doesn't it? I mean, he he really is. When he's up and about fit and uh, and feeling good about himself, he's a very dangerous midfielder at, at any level. 100%. I, I think he's a freak. And Blaine and I reflect um, quite often after the game. I think, you know, I've kicked 19 goals, I think, this year. I think Blaine's probably given me 12 of them. So I, I don't mind him being in the four line a bit more because I, I like to be on the end of um, how he kicks the ball and, and we seem to have a good connection. He he just can hit a ball anywhere inside 450 running on any leg. He's just a, a freak of a uh, football player. So it's brilliant having him, you know, like you're saying, up and, up and ready to go. What about your goal kicking as per se? I mean, we talk about goal kicking in the AFL and that, and you've been through that AFL system through your time with Collingwood and St Kilda. But just t- talk about the, 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 the effort that goes into it. I mean, you know, as a waffle player, obviously you don't get that much time. It's not a full-time gig. You've got to find income elsewhere. But how much time do you spend actually practising? Yeah, I, I take uh, my goal kicking quite seriously just because I, I think that, that's probably where I'm going to kick my most amount of goals is, is as a marking player, not not so much, um, you know, crumbing or, or loose ball gets. So I always, you know, training starts at, at 5.30. I'm usually kicking goals at 4.45, I think. So I do a fair bit of it just because at the end of training, I, I'd like to get home and, you know, cook dinner and go to bed. So I, I try and get my work in beforehand. But um, pretty much on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm there doing it for at least 45 minutes just before um, a whole lot of people get to training. And I've just been out there for a while. And I think that certainly holds me in good stead just because, like you're saying, repetition is the best thing. And you don't get enough time. You know, the AFL players do probably twice that, three times that, just because they're full time. So I'd try and find that as much as possible. Who fetches the ball for you? Well, sorry. Who fetches the ball? Yeah, no, me. Yeah, so it's a slow process. That's probably why I have to spend at least 45 minutes doing it. Um, Eastern Renner doesn't have any nets, so you, you kick the crap out of it and you've got to go chase it. So I'll bring about four or five balls and then and it's about a five-minute um, process of going and getting them again. <laughs> uh, look, there's been a lot of talk about Bill Monaghan's coaching down at East Remandor and he's been given a contract extension, which is fantastic. Where does Bill fit into the... The, the the Jonathan Marsh story of uh, of form at the moment and and also East Fremantle because you're right in the mix and it is a very level season we saw Peel uh, 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 West Coast knock off Subiaco of course we know and I think West Coast almost beat Claremont two weeks prior to that we've seen some major upsets it really is a, a very tight competition yeah hundred um, percent personally I think yeah uh, it was one of the most enjoyable coaches I've ever played under I think I I really get along with with how he goes about the game and, and how he coaches. And he's an extremely intelligent coach. And uh, sometimes, you know, before training, we just sit there and, and talk about you know, his outlook on things. And it's it's pretty, uh, 
it's pretty amazing having a waffle coach that's that's so you know works so hard and he, he puts a lot of time into it. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, I, I, I personally think that you know East Manor's next premiership is going to be coached by Bill Monaghan and. I think, like I said on the weekend, I think this group's the, the group to do it. We just need to get, you know, A, we need to get all our players back on the field and B, we, we need to play with a bit more consistency. But, yeah, in terms of personnel and who's leading us, I think we're, we're cherry ripe. Well, that's good news. Uh, how are you going, mate? How are you feeling? How, how's life for, for Jonathan Marsh? Life's pretty cruisy for, for me. Um, I'm studying and, and just working casually. And then, um, you know, body, body feels good. Yep. So it's obviously a bit of a... Um, bit of a shock coming, you know, from full-time football, and it's, it is quite hard to adjust, especially in your first season out of the AFL, of, of you know, mm. pretty much going to training three times, four times a week, but then also in the afternoons. Um, so I've kind of just it's halfway through the season now. I think I'm, I'm really starting to get used to that now. But that was actually a big adjustment period for me. Is just you know, working or, or um, having the full day, and then going into training at the end, you're just exhausted. So it's, it's a tough gig, um, what the Waffle Boys do. And I think um, a lot of AFL players don't actually understand that, you know, when, you, when you're working and backing up for training and then, you know, coming home, got to cook dinner and quickly go to bed, it, it's, um, it gets to be a tough life and mm. it's pretty time-consuming. But, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, for, for, little, for little reward, apart from the satisfaction of playing with your mates and, and four premiership points. And, and uh, you, you've got West Coast, who really were very good, and they're probably going to get a few more players back, albeit they probably lost Connor West with an ankle injury. But at the end of the day, they may get some uh, star players out of their AFL system, which is not great timing for you, but you've got to beat the best to, to be the best. Yeah, 100%. I, I had a good word to my brother. Obviously, he posted Subi and he, he gave us a lowdown on how they how they went. They they were pretty impressive. And, and like you were saying, the week before, they were extremely competitive against Claremont. But like you're saying, I think we're in the position now where we, we want teams to have their best um, players on the field. We want to see how we're going. So I, I think it's a great challenge for us. I think especially getting back on the winners list last week, it, it's time to have that consistency, you know, for not one game, but for a string of games. So we're, we're really looking forward to them having a, a solid team. And um, obviously, we actually had a, a great game against them last time, albeit you know they, they didn't have the same personnel. So I'm sure they'll come out firing for that as well. Appreciate your time, mate. Going to be big. It is on Saturday down there at New Choice Homes Park. And, of course, all five games are being played on the Saturday, which is wonderful for WAFL footy. Ten past two is a bounce down. Appreciate your time, Marshy. Uh, congratulations on the form. And at the moment, just just outside the top five. but uh, uh, And a win over West Coast. And uh, who knows where that could go for the Sharks in the back half of the season. Thanks for joining us and congratulations on the form. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Good on you. There's Jonathan Marsh, a big reason why East Tremandle are certainly in the mix this year. Alongside, as you mentioned, the coaching of Bill Monaghan, it's good to be a Sharks fan right now. This is Sporting Goss. Each and every Wednesday on Sporting Goss, we do have Hamish Brayshaw in, the captain of the West Coast Eagles waffle team, to talk about West Coast waffle, but also talk about the competition in general. And you come in for the very first time after a win. You're pretty pumped. Yep, I am. Thanks for having me back, Goss. Finally get a win off the back. <laughs> win on the board, and uh, and it's definitely good to be here uh, with a W and four yeah. points. How, dif- how difficult was it? Can you share with our listeners just how difficult it was coming off some bad losses, and you had a, a couple of stinkers inside yep. that, and, you know, you've got to be up and about, but at the same time, it, it really did weigh you down a bit. Yeah, it did. Um, it is hard to be so positive and upbeat after getting, you know, we had a couple of games where we lost by basically 100 points. Um, but... You know, internally we could see that it was, you know, we could 
it was clear what was going on and we could see that what the things we needed to do to fix it and we thought we were getting to a point where we were you know being competitive um, but the pressure from outside when you're zero and eight is uh, is quite a bit so and as captain you wear a lot of that so it was definitely you know a big relief to finally get the four points and, and we thought you know we, we thought we were in the last month of football so <clears throat> to finally get the, to the four points in the win was massive mm, and look the, uh, we've gone back over it a couple of times but a couple of weeks prior to that you did play Claremont at Claremont yep Probably, and I'll be honest, I think you blew your chances. You had chances yeah, to yep. win the game. Absolutely. You had more forward 50 entries. You dominated the stat sheet. Couldn't get the job done. And you had half the available AFL talent virtually from what you had against Subiaco. So the writing was certainly on the wall. Yeah, no question. I mean, we um, we probably missed, oh, I reckon we missed three goals from within 15 metres oh. that game. <clears throat> um, and, you know, we had we were dominated in the contest. We, we really got the ball going forward our way. And it was probably that last sort of 10 minutes of footy edge quarter that, that hurt us. Um, but we, you know, we, yeah, you're right. We didn't have Luke Shuey. We didn't have a lot of these guys that that came back the week after we had a, still a pretty raw and young team. Mm. We had Will Collins and, and Connor West playing for us for the first time. Um, and we managed to take it up to what were, I think now are the premiership favorites. Yeah, no doubt. Claremont and Subiaco, the top two teams. As we take a look at the ladder, Claremont on top, a game clear of Subiaco. South Fremantle, West Perth, Swans make out the top five. And East Fremantle, who's your battle this weekend. Then you've got Perth, Peel. East Perth. Now, you're down the bottom of the ladder yep. with one win from nine. Realistically, have you shut the door on making the finals or do you think with a good run and, again, availability of players that you can give it a shake? Oh, it would have to be a very good run and a tremendous availability. Uh, we look back on 2019, we were two and seven. So after nine rounds in 2019, we were two and seven. And then I think we won pretty much the rest of the season. Like we might have lost one or two games for the rest of the year. So it's t- – it, I mean – it's always a chance. I think the fact what's uh, West Perth they, uh, Swans they don't round they're four they're wins, five and four five and four. So yep. I mean four wins out is you know there's still plenty of footy left. West in Coast the year. Fever Netball started three games behind everyone yep, else and, and a second yeah, on the ladder. Exactly. They haven't lost anyway, a game. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's it is a far cry from finals at the moment. But we were in a pretty similar position in nineteen, and it it does the way our team works is it it is all about availability at sure. AFL level. So we're very much dictated by them. We we don't. At this point of the season, it's not so much winning and losing for us. It's being competitive. I mean, we were happy with the Claremont game, albeit we lost. If we can just put that effort mm. in, regardless of what team we put on the park, we can put an effort in to be competitive, we'll be happy. I spoke to Kieran Hug on the show on Monday. Uh, he's kicked five goals uh, in the last two games against Claremont and Subiaco. And he sort of epitomises that top-up player for yep. me, doesn't he? And yep. his, his, his love of playing for West Coast, he says the commitment around the group at training around the club, the availability of facilities. But I want to say this to you. He was absolutely glowing in your leadership and your connection through the club and the waffle level. It's something you should be very proud of. Um, and uh, I think that goes a long way to success of the footy club. And, and Huggy was very, very open and honest in regards to your involvement at that team. No, well, thank you very much, Huggy. Uh, no, he, you're dead right. He's the bloke that epitomises our sort of top-up listed players um, we, we say it, we actually spoke about it a little bit last night. Waffle clubs, we're in a position where we only have 20, I think we've got 23 on our top up list. Um, and other clubs have got 60, you know, they've got Resi's league and they've got players that aren't playing Resi. So, I mean, they've got a lot of players. We're in a relative, we're in a position where we can have real connection and, and a real tight group mm. of players in, at other, some other waffle clubs, you might have little clicks here and there and you've got your group of mates, but we're all we're all pretty much holding hands at training. We're all so tight. So it's, um, it, it, it does 
breed into that culture. Whereas, and now we've got selection issues because we've got blokes coming back mm. and guys really value their position in the team. Guys are valuing their spots and the guys who are missing out are still just as invested as the guys who are in. But yeah, he, um, and you know, I'm really, really, really happy that he was the one that kicked that winning goal, winning goal because the work that he puts in on and off the track is just, it's unmatched. So he, uh, a very, very good reward. Yeah, for he's a good fella. And we, it was good to have him on the show. But if you get a chance to hear what he said about you, uh, it would be good for your confidence as well, Hammer. It's a, it's a good feather in your cap. Okay, let's turn our attention to the whole competition this weekend. We'll get to uh, West Coast Waffle taking on East Fremantle. Now, they're all Saturday afternoon fixtures, which I think is great, of course, mm-hmm. for the WAFL, weather permitting. We have some good weather. Now, you take on, uh, we'll take, Subiaco take on Swan Districts at Leaderville Oval. You hear that here on SEN. Radio, Tyson Beattie will be calling the action there. I still genuinely believe from all the waffle that I have seen that Subiaco is the best team. I agree. I think I just, I looked at it and saw Swans were playing them and unlucky, I think, because I would hate to be the team that has to get them after us. They'll they'll be, uh, I think they'll have a pretty good clip at training this week. They, Mm -hmm. I think they lost contested footy to us by the most. They've just about lost contested ball by in the last 10 years. I mean, that's what they pride themselves on. They're a strong and proud club. So they'll no doubt bounce back this week. Um, and, yeah, I do still think they're the team to beat. Yeah, don't forget, it is, they're doing a big thing for men's health down there at Subiaco. Well, I think you've got to do 45 push-ups, I think, uh, in regards to just yeah. keeping an eye on yep. your mental health. Is that happening right around the competition? Uh, I'm not sure. We were up in the Subi rooms afterwards, and I, it's push-ups or sit-ups or one How of them. How was that up there? Because I, I did see a gentleman on social media said the best part about the game on the weekend was the West Coast boys went up for a beer after the game, which which is old-fashioned. Yeah, well, I mean, we try and do that every chance we get. We go, we went up to East Perth when they beat us. We went up to Subi the other day. I mean, it's it's good. I mean, Shuey, it was actually funny. Shuey uh, was obviously pretty happy with the win and uh, and threw his card behind the bar <laughs> oh, for, nice. the, for the 20 boys there. So, no, that was good. But oh, I think it's a pretty good part of waffle footy. It shows short sportsmanship. But, you know, win, lose, or draw, we're all young blokes. And, we, we know, we, we all know each other through around the traps. So it was good to get up and have a drink with them. Sort of, uh, I like the whole facilities up there are really nice. And I, uh, I'll tell you what, I really like the uh, the jackets that they've got going on. The five-game jackets. The, yes. Uh, unreal. Yes. Really Did cool. they make a presentation? Did someone reach the five-game? Uh, yeah, someone got the five-game jacket. I can't remember who it was, but, yeah, um, <laughs> they're pretty cool. But, no, it's good. I, I think at every possibility we can and every chance we do get, we uh, we go up and have a drink. Yeah, it's good stuff. Like to like to see that. It was great to feedback on social media. Hammer Brayshaw is in the studio. We're talking all things Waffle, of course. Peel Thunder are hosting East Perth down there at David Gray's Arena. And Peel Thunder and East Perth at the moment hold eighth and ninth position. But on any given day, uh, Peel Thunder can beat anyone. And we know East Perth are starting to just starting to get a little bit busier. Yeah, um, you're right. I mean, Peel are a bit like us, dictated by AFL strength. Uh, I think there's there might be a few Freo boys coming back mm. this week. Um, I read in the paper this morning, not sure. Five's touch and go. There's a few. So if they get a few back there, Peel obviously gets their stocks bolstered. So that'll be interesting. But I think East Perth are starting to tick over. They, they were really good against um, South Freo. Probably should have beaten South Freo twice this year, mm. uh, if I'm um, being serious about it. But, yeah, I, it's going to be a good contest down there. Helps. I, I think East Perth. East Perth? Yep. I'm oh, back in East Perth. East Perth. Yep, back in East, East Perth. Perth. Provident Financial Oval up there at uh, June de Lup. West Perth take on Claremont. Now, I saw them play each other. Actually, Gilly and I stood on the dollars deck at Claremont yep. and watched this. This was the most physical, brutal game of football I've seen in a long time, before half time. And in the end, it was West Perth who ran out of petrol tickets. They couldn't go a yard in the third quarter. Claremont overran them. Um, West Perth have got their uh, uh, wobbly boots on at the moment. They are currently fourth. Claremont on top of the ladder. 
how do you see this playing out, having known that you played Claremont in their last contest? Uh, I think Claremont are just – I think Claremont are too good, to be, if I'm being honest. I think even up there. Even up there. I mean, West Perth are a good side, and I wouldn't be surprised if it goes – No, Connor West. Yeah, yeah. No, Connor West, we've got him. Thanks for coming. But, no, nah, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes deep, but I think Claremont are just uh, a class above this year, so I think I'll – Claremont. Okay, tipping Claremont to beat West Perth there. And, of course, Fremantle Community Bank Oval. Um, and I think this is the first time that Perth have made a trip there for a long time. I think the last three have been at MRP. Perth, were, we spoke to Masto on Monday as well. Yep. Incredibly disappointing against East Fremantle. Yep. Um, with a lot of big names back, maybe too many back too soon. Yeah, not too sure. they had eight back or something. I mm. mean, <clears throat> McInnes, Busher, a lot of these guys. Rogers. Rogers had missed a lot of footy. I mean, Fraze was played us in round one and, and missed a bulk of footy yeah. until this point. Uh, I think they'll only be better for it. South Rio are a very good team. Um, it's tough. It's I, a tough comp, mate. It is. None <clears> of these <throat> games... None of these games set, are dead. Jump, yeah, dead set certainties. So, I mean, a week, two weeks ago, I would have said South Rio, but with the, the list that Perth have got back in, I think they're going to be really disappointed after the week, and I'm I'm going to tip Perth in to jump them. All righty. Perth to beat South Rio. So, so far, you've gone for home, away, away, away. West Coast Waffle are away to East Fremantle. New choices home park. I know who you're tipping. Yep. What are you expecting from East Fremantle? Another team that we uh, spoke earlier on the show to, to uh, John O'Marsh, Brother of Harry, who played for Subi last week, and he got good oil about uh, West Coast. Yeah. Uh, what are you expecting from East Fremantle, who are on the cusp of the top five? They touched us up last time we played them. They were really, really good around the contest. They smacked us there. A lot of their midfielders got a lot of the footy. Are they physical? Are they yeah. more physical than <clears throat> most other teams? They're more physical than I, you know, than I anticipated them being. This we played them a couple of times this year. We played them in a pracky match earlier in the year at MRP, and then we played them. Is that the um, one they tried to beat you up? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's we get hunted with, you know, we're aligned yeah. with an AFL club. doesn't matter where we are on the ladder. Teams are going to come out and try and go after us. So um, I don't mind that in a team. It's, it's it's a football game. You've got to be competitive. So they came out and touched us up. Um, but, yeah, they, they beat us at the contest. A lot of their mids got a lot of the footy and can use it pretty well. So they got a lot of ball movement through there, which opened up their forward line. And Marsh kicked seven, I think, on us last time. Hugh Dixon got really mm. good looks. So they, they got a very damaging forward line. So if we can put pressure around the contest and, and not let that ball come in as easily, that'll be uh, that'll probably be what we're looking to do this week. And a, a player availability. Today is Wednesday, of course. Yep. AFL availability. You've got uh, the game on Sunday, the Eagles senior yeah. team play. Yep. Does that sort of work against you and players being held over? Or how does that work, do you reckon? Well, it's going to be tough this week, I think. Um, medical sub <laughs> plus... Being kept medical over, you lose plus, Connor West. Medical sub plus carryover. Uh, we lose Westy, he's hurt his ankle. We lose um, McGee, knee. Yep, Specky's hurt his knee. I think Will <laughs> Collins might be back. Uh, so that, you know, that's touch and go. I'm not sure there. Saw him wander into the game the other day. Yeah. I was, I did, on his own, it was just before the bounce. He just meandered down. Yeah. He doesn't get our first gear, Will. No, he doesn't. He, oh, he does on the footy field, that's for sure. No, but he cracks in. Yeah, in, uh, in just in general play. He's a, <laughs> he's a walker. <laughs> Uh, no, so I, I don't, I'm not sure what the uh, selection will look like. I mean, I was reading the paper this morning, and there's a couple of guys You've that You've done are, a lot of paper reading Well, I just morning. had a coffee this morning while I was waiting okay. and, and had a little read. But there's a few players for West Coast that are, you know, 50-50 to come back. Yep. Um, and I'm not sure how that plays into the, our waffle hands. Because the game's the day after. Yes. If they, you know, I'm using Gov as an example. If they want to use Gov and he's 50-50, and he's a quality of player What that does he Harry is. Edwards do? Yeah, they'll hold Gov gotcha. over until the morning of, so potentially gotcha. Harry has to – anyway, I'm not sure. I'm not on selection, thank goodness. But um, I think we, you know, we've got pretty good health. We only lost one AFL-listed bloke from the weekend. Yep. Uh, so we'll have, you know, we'll have very good depth, I think. So weekend. confidence going in just to, you know, I mean, they're going to start favourites. There's no doubt about that. But yep. at the same time, is you, you'll, if, if you can just take the last couple of games into this yep. game. Yep, I, th- I think so. We can't focus too much on what 
uh, happened earlier in the year against them. We were a completely different side now and, uh, than what we were. Uh, we just focus on contest. If we can do what we've been doing for the last month, uh, win, lose or draw, we'll be competitive and, and that's all we can hope for. Hamish Brayshaw in the studio for Sporting Goss. A couple of things. How's your knee? I'm going to talk personally on you. You looked sore a couple of times. I know you've got it strapped up. Um, yep. What is the problem? Oh, it's a little – in 2018, my first year at the club, I did a little fat pad tear on my left knee, and I think I've done a similar thing but not as bad on my right knee. And I've caught it early, I think, but I'm just managing it. I had cortisone in there, and yep. and it was – it just it, – it's every now and again, I strap it up and it feels good, and then when the tape gets loose and something happens, it just sort of gets a little bit uncomfortable. So I jabbed it up at halftime. It was fine. So just about 10, five minutes to go in the second quarter, yeah. it started to get a bit sore. And uh, may I say – and I've had a look at it back since. After doing the Coast to Coast podcast with Oscar Allen and yourself yesterday, yep. I did watch the singing of the song. Yep. You, you, you went next level. Yeah, well, that was probably uh, – it's top two for me for sure. Claremont in 2019, we beat them by a point. Uh, at Claremont, and I uh, yeah, they were they were you know one and two. Take your pick. Can you actually almost pass out? Well, yeah, because you're going so hard. Because the way it works, our song is you go. We've changed. You added the new bit, so some it's a call and response. The start, and yeah. I do the call, yeah, and they all respond. But and so by the time it gets to the actual, we're the Eagles, West Coast. I'm, you know, I've just gone nuts <laughs> for the first little bit, and I, you really you, you can't catch your breath. So. It gets to the end of the song and it's, oh, thank goodness. But, yeah, you uh, you can go pretty hard. You went hard. You yeah. did go hard. But well done to you, mate. Hey, Thanks, appreciate Bob. you coming in as well. Always do on a Wednesday. Hamish Brayshaw joining us. In fact, we'll go out from today's Waffle Chat with Hammer Brayshaw with your finest work, the song. Here it is. <laughs> Hammer Brayshaw after the West Coast Eagles upset Subiaco. That's right, Subiaco last week. This is the Sporting Goss. <laughs> Nice work, April Austin, in the newsroom. Currently in Perth City, 14.3 degrees. Blue skies everywhere I see at the SENWA studio. Belmont Racing is underway. And if you missed our chat earlier today, we had William Pike on the show, of course. Well, fair to say, if you're back, Pike, you drink what you like. Yep, he has ridden the first winner. We'll have a very short replay of that in the time to come. And if you are following, $10. That's right. If you pays to listen, get pen and paper ready. Yeah, you cashed up. You can't lose from now. You're back a $10 winner. And what a beautiful William Pike ride. As he said, you got to work your way through him, and he did with Canny Jack in the first race. We'll have a replay a little later. Justin Longmuir is the coach of Fremantle. He did his weekly press conference today. Here's an assembly of what he had to say to the awaiting WA football media. How's Nat Pike? Uh, he's getting better every day. Um... Yeah, we'll be, like I've said this week already, we'll be driven by him and how he's feeling. And he's had these injuries before and he's been able to play with injuries before, so we'll be guided by him. Uh, I think today's session will be pretty important, um, not only to see if his shoulder gets through, but to give him confidence. So um, we're hopeful, but not by any stretch over the line. Any idea how he's guiding you at this stage? Uh, Yeah, he'll have to get through training. for his own confidence and um, 
if he says he's right after training and feels really confident, I'll pick him. That means physically, yeah, obviously testing physically, shoulder wise. Yeah, 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 exactly. So uh, he'll get he'll get some good contact at training. Um, whether he feels comfortable with that contact and is able to function, and then um, yeah, he'll have a chat to the the docs, and if the docs tick him off from structural point of view and strength point of view, it's really up to him whether he can play with um, whatever discomfort he, he's got. So. Um, yeah, we'll give him a fair bit of responsibility in him playing or not. Yeah, yeah, there'll be a few. Um, we feel Tabernar and Logue and Switkowski will, uh, will have to get through training, but we feel pretty confident that they'll put their hand up and, and come back into the side, so uh, there could be a few, yeah. How's the tax feel initially? It sort of this injury just sort of popped up and it's turned into a three four week. Yeah, uh, he. He got through really well on Saturday and I think that gave him a lot of confidence that he could push it a little bit more and um, he did push it a bit more throughout that session and I think he's grown confidence from that. Um, you know, it's still not 100% but it's getting closer to you know, high 90s than what it was yeah, um, before the buy. So yeah, it's a real positive on tabs. How about the Yeah, good. Good. No issues. Um, yeah, especially lower limbs. So he's um, he got through flying colours. Um, Bi probably came at a good time just for him to freshen up. It's been a month since he's been back playing, and yeah, he's raring to go again. Do you feel the bike came at a good time for the club as a group injury and just a reset. Uh, yeah, probably just mainly from an injury point of view. Yeah, it allowed a few of our players opportunity to get an extra week. Um, you know, Griff in particular, Tabs in particular. Um, it's given Fifey an opportunity to only miss one game. So yeah, it's come at a pretty good time. How important is Alex Pierce going forward now, given he can relieve Luke Ryan from having to play tall? It's probably something we've been looking for for 18 months now. Um, yeah, him or um, Joel to be able to do that role. So, um, yeah, it's it's critical for us as a team going forward to have one of those two big guys being able to lock down on the key forwards um, and allow some of our other players to play to their strengths. It's disappointing that we, we lose Coxie um, in the process, but getting Griff back into the side um, and then being able to free up Luke to play you know, to his strengths a little bit more is a real positive. And is there any hope for him to get back this season? Yeah, there is. Yep, I feel he's, um, yeah, he's made real progress, especially the last two weeks. He's joined main training. Um, that ankle's um, trending in the right direction, so yeah, we're holding out hope he'll he'll make a return at some stage later in the season. Yeah, you know, getting over to Melbourne won't be an issue. We'll just apply uh, abide by you know, Victorian government um, mandates at the moment. Um, getting back into the state, we might have to go into quarantine for a few days. Um, there's still uncertainty about when the border will open up uh, between WA and Victoria, so that's probably the thing um, that's provi- providing the uncertainty, but. Um, I, I don't, it won't affect our training if we're in quarantine we'll get some exemptions they're still being worked through um, yeah but our players might have to be at home for you know, two, three, four days um, and only come to the club for training we're going to judge it off the last four weeks and I think the thing that's been lost in the coach change is the fact that Collingwood are in pretty good form they've won their last two um, before that they narrow losses to two really good sides um, and they're, they're in really good form so uh, we wouldn't, don't really expect them to change too much. It's pretty hard to change in season over a bye. Um, yeah, so I, 
I just think they're, they're, they're a team that's in good, pretty good form and we've got to make sure that we focus on their footy, not the, not the stuff that's going on off the field. Justin Longmuir speaking uh, a little late, earlier this morning to the assembled media. Of course, Fremantle taking on Collingwood Brody Grundy back. But there seems to be some mixed news. So he's anticipating five changes, five changes. Still to come on the show, Will Magne from the Perth Wildcats. He's not too far away from joining us. Also, don't forget, on Friday morning, Gillian Goss between 6 and 8, and we'll be coming to you from Bunbury down in the southwest, thanks to our wonderful team at SEN Spirit 621. So uh, don't forget to be listening in. And Gilly's Friday Focus, tennis star Pat Rafter, of course, with Wimbledon just around the corner. Pat Rafter will be our guest. Also, Adam Simpson, ahead of a huge game on Sunday between the West Coast Eagles and the Western Bulldogs. And Peter Vlahos was in a little earlier today and from 5 o'clock drive with Peter V as well. Been a very, very busy show so far. And still to come, Will Magnate from the Perth Wildcats. He's going to join us in about uh, five or six minutes' time as he prepares to head across to Melbourne for Game 3, of course. Um, that's coming up in the not-too-distant future. Jack Revolt has signed a new deal. Oh, he actually hasn't signed. He spoke about this on AFL 360 last night. He's agreed to terms to stay with the footy club for another year. This is what he had to say last night with uh, Jared Waitley and Mark Robinson. I actually haven't signed a bit of paper, but, um, yeah, they formally agreed. So, obviously, hanging around for uh, another year. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited, obviously, um, I've actually never sort of gone into the last year of a contract. I always sort of renegotiated with a year to go. And, um, yeah, I've, I've, it played on my mind a bit early on. Um, obviously, last year I didn't have as, as good a year as I would have liked. Um, this year I feel like I've played good footy. I've sort of um, been able to keep myself in, in, in really good condition. Um, and I think uh, I think my, my football is doing the talking for me at the moment. So, yeah, wrapped to be, uh, wrapped to be on board and, and uh, back at Tigerland next year. New South Wales, of course, uh, he's in a world of pain today. Mark McGowan has just spoken briefly and uh, has advised that the border controls have been strengthened. New South Wales has transitioned from very low risk with a test and quarantine regime to medium risk under our controlled interstate borders. Effective from 11 o'clock this morning, this returns us to a hard border arrangement with New South Wales. Under the medium risk classification, travel from or through New South Wales no longer permitted except for exempt travellers. Well, we spoke to William Pike in the first hour. He was our special guest, and he spoke about his eight rides today. And can you believe it? We mentioned race one, number one. It's always a good way to start for the punter, and this is how it played out. Back to the inside, Knight's Mystery, but led by two, Vranio. Canny Jack is finishing full of running down on the inside. Coming late, Knight's Mystery. Here's Canny Jack getting off its heels. Knight's Mystery livened up. Canny Jack dive, got it. On the line, Canny Jack has got there. It hugged the rails the entire length of the straight and eventually... Yeah, absolutely. So there it is there. Canny Jack, William Pike. He said it was going to be one of those days. $10.70. Are you cashed up? Are you cashed? Yes, are you cashed up? I know. And the horse, I know, Ed, I know. And the horse that ran fourth having its first race start, the front bar. <laughs> it's cool. I think it's by Sessions out of Visited. 
Very clever. Very, 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 very well named, the front bar. All righty, we're not too far away from taking a break and coming back and chatting with Will Magne. But follow Pike, drink what you like. You can't lose now. $10.70 and $2.80. William Pike. That's why it pays to listen to our show here. Thank you, Sid from Meckering, who's listening. Sid Arthur, good on you, mate. Hamo Brayshaw, legend. He is Sid, and uh, we appreciate that. He's a very good guest of ours, and he joins us each and every Wednesday to talk all things waffle as well. What do we got on the show tomorrow, mate? Fred Lee's coming on, is he? Who's Fred Lee when he's at home? Good golfer, young golfer. He's a smart golfer too, apparently. He's a smart kid. He's um, a college in the States. What is he, what? St- Stanford. You know who went to Stanford, don't you? Andrew Vlahov went to Stanford. Yeah, I know. I'm speaking to um, Chris Clafuna, Special K. Come in, grab, t- turn your mic on. We've literally got uh, one minute before you. Yeah, a very quick one. Yeah. Um, I told you last week, I think, when yep. we were quickly chatting about the Euros, Euro 2020, I yeah. said, keep an eye out for Bukayo Saka, yeah. young Arsenal star, yeah. man of the match last night for who, England. Who did you play? Um, whoever England played against. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't care about them. Did, the did we win? Uh, yeah, yeah, England won. You, oh, wait, are you now on board, are you? Oh, mate, no, it's coming home. You watch them choke. All righty. Uh, thanks for dropping in. Thank you. I'm pumping your own tyres up. There he is there. Special guy. Okay. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Not too far away. We're going to be chatting with Will Magnay from the Perth Wildcats. 5,000 at John Kane Arena. This is Wednesday's edition. The best show in town, Sporting Goss. It's time like this. Well, the Perth Wildcats have got nothing left to lose right now. Well, they've got a championship to lose, but they're going to throw it all on the table against Melbourne United on Friday night. Will Magne is a part of the Wildcats team and one of the fit players left, but he'll go across there, I'm sure, and fly the flag. He's packing his bags as we speak. Appreciate your time. Will, what's the confidence levels like in the group, albeit you're the walking wounded? Yeah, mate. Uh, few few boys down, but, you know, confidence is high. You know, our mentality is next man up, so... You know, no matter who steps on the court, we, we expect to win. And, um, you know, yeah, confidence is high. And I tell you what, it's a it's a venue that uh, you know how to win at. You've had some success there this year, and albeit they're up and about and probably fully fit and you've got some work to do, um, you must go there thinking, well, your, your home away from home certainly doesn't pose any problems. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, like you said, uh, I mean, not myself particularly, but boys spent a lot of time there this year and, and are comfortable on that floor and, you know, but at the end of the day, it's it's focused on us and our basketball, and um, you know, not worrying about what Melbourne's doing, and you know, just putting together forty minutes of basketball first, and then you know, the next game, and then the next game. So we're we're on the right, on the right path. Yeah, look, uh, it's been heartbreak really in those two games here at home in regards to the result. You played so courageously, but. Um, they just had moments, didn't they? And even even the half point shots that they knocked down a couple of times. And we know that whether you're trying to drop, uh, guard Jock Landale, and all of a sudden, you know, Golding's getting off the chain as well. They're a hard team to to man up on. They've got so many weapons inside and out. Yeah, they are a good. You know, they're a good team. They're you know, they're, they're I want to say stacked. You know, they have some of the best players in the league. A couple of Australian players. Um, you know, so they deserve the, the credit they're getting for winning. But, you know, at the same time, I think a lot of the stuff they're getting is controllables that, that we can do better. So, um, you know, I think we're going confident knowing that, that there's an opportunity to win. Do you take any solace out of you know, comments from you know, reputable basketball uh, scribes here? And Andrew Gaze is one of them said, 
If there is going to be a honourable series loss, it's this one that the Perth Wildcats have dished up. They have worked so hard against the odds without their star, without the best player in the competition, numerous injuries. Do you as a playing group take that as something to walk away from or do you still take away massive disappointment if you can't get the job done? Uh, I mean, it's a disappointment, man, if we can't get the job done. You know, um, everyone trains for a reason. We, You sign 12 players for a reason and, and that's to win a championship. And when your name's called upon, you're, you're expected to turn up and show up. So, you know, you can take pride in how you play, but it's obviously going to be disappointing if we don't get a series win. But, you know, our mindset is, is that we're winning this thing next Wednesday. So um, if something changes from there, we'll, we'll start thinking about that. But, yeah. It's a great mindset. It's a great mindset. Um, can we talk about the courage of Mitch Norton just to be on the be on the court? And he's, and he spent a lot of time on the court falling over because – Whatever he's got wrong with him on that hip, uh, it's certainly uh, creating some real pain and some angst for him. But, gee, he's really pushing through. Yeah, you know, he's a tough guy. Um, Just, you know, doesn't complain about it, just gets on with it. You know, everyone knows he's struggling. But, um, you know, like I said, he's not complaining. So until something like that changes, you know, we're putting our faith in him to be our leader. And, um, you know, he, he likes taking on that role and that challenge, I think. And, you know, hopefully we can play three more and, and get him some rest. But, uh, yeah, you know, he, he's tough as nails and, you know, it's been it's been pretty inspiring. Will Magnay, our guest from the Perth Wildcats, ahead of flying out this morning, of course, heading across to take on Melbourne United Game 3 of the Grand Final Series. Will, I just want to turn your attention just quickly to to the NBA, which you had that small taste of and you know what it's like. You've been aligned to a uh, an NBA franchise. Um any thoughts on the Ben Simmons situation and how he would be feeling after what was a disappointing end to, to that series for the 76ers and, and, the, and the social media and the, the US basketball media and even his own teammates and somewhat coach turning on him? How do you reckon he's going? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, you know, I, I don't know Ben very well. And, um, you know, I think the best he could do is just block it out and, and focus on what he thinks he needs to focus on and, you know, that, that, that'd be my advice. But, you know, like I said, I'm not in the spotlight like him and I'm sure he's, you know, copping it a bit and um, must be pretty tough for him right now. Uh, just in with someone who had that taste of the NBA life, um, they don't look... It, it, from an outsider looking in, it doesn't look like a united type of sporting setup. I mean, in Australia, I look at how close you guys are, and, and you've only been at the Wildcats for a couple of months, but I'm sure it's a very different vibe in regards to preparation, pre-game meals, going out for a drink or what, or going for a coffee. Does that happen in the States, or is it every man for himself? No, mate, that happens in the States. Um, you know, it's a little bit different, um, like you said, but, you know, it definitely happens. You know, the, the teams are united there, and, Sort of, it's one of those sports you you can't afford to, you know, to not everyone have buy-in if yeah. you want to be successful. So yeah. Yeah. that's you know that comes down to it at the end of the day. And if uh, people choose to buy in, and they do. If they don't, then you know they don't. So have you sat through the NBA playoffs so far? Do you do you, you still keep an eye on it? Do you like to sit through and watch watch the games from the states? And if uh, so, and if yeah, so, who we, do you we like kind from of here? Flick through, flick through the games that are going on and whatever. But um, you know, I'm not too closely paying attention because we've got, you know, our own stuff to worry about. But yep, yep. sometimes it's a nice little, uh, you know, little break from our from our stuff. So, yeah. 
All right. It sounds like you're getting in the car to, to go out and uh, get the job done over there in Melbourne, mate. Really appreciate your time. So for, for Wildcats fans, what can they expect on Friday night first and for, first and foremost? Oh, mate, we're just going to play our ass off. That's, I mean, that's all I can promise. So um, we're going to give it everything we got. Uh, if we get the win, then we're going to play our ass off on Sunday. And, yeah, <laughs> we're just going to give everything we got. Good on you, mate. Appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. I know you're pressed for time, but thanks for taking time to chat with our basketball audience here on Sporting Goss. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. There's Will Magnay joining us from the Perth Wildcats. I think that says it all, what they're going to do to Friday night, Sunday, and then, if required, on Wednesday. Go the Wildcats. This is the Sporting Goss. Thanks for your company on Wednesday's edition of Sporting Goss. To our lineup today, Sean Marsh talking cricket. Willie Pike is already in action over the road at Belmont Park. Georgie Parker for her regular segment. And she spoke about Ben Simmons and his plans for the uh, Olympic Games. Hamish Brasher and Jonathan Marsh talked waffle. And Will Magnay just moments ago, of course, talking about the Wildcats and Game 3 Friday night. Just a quick reminder too, 6 o'clock Friday morning, Gilly and Goss will be live from Bunbury, right to our wonderful team down there on SEN Spirit 621. And Gilly, Friday focus will be that of Patrick Rafter, Aussie tennis legend. And also Adam Simpson will be joining us as well, the coach of the West Coast Eagles. But that is Friday morning, 6 to 8, with Gillian Goss. I'll be back on your radio tomorrow from 10 with Sporting Goss. Thanks to Alex, and thanks to Special K, Chris Clafurnas, the best producer in the business. Have a good one. Catch you tomorrow from 10. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.